What's up, world? How we living? How we doing? Undeniable perception, episode 16. Brother from the same mother. Oof, feels good, man. 16? 16. Six times one is six. Those are two separate numbers. Divided by that, by three. three it's three. So the reason why I bring up three is because our boy heard this and he said, How the hell did you guys forget Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. And I was like, oh man, you're right. So you just wanted to see Steve Sachs. I'm like, yeah. Alan Iverson. I so said. while we're at it, the the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, three, the Trinity. Three. My birthday is in three days. Twenty nine, oh, thirty. Man. Is it really? May first. Dang. That's There's right. three, three brothers. Days. Three, three brothers. brothers. Right. Mm. Three layers to a sandwich. Triangle. Two bread, meat, done, or you're yeah. vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Lettuce. Mm-hmm. Lettuce, spinach, romaine. So 16, man, sounds good, man. I, love, yeah, I like man. it. 16, was that Joe Montana? Yeah, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Good call, bro. Paul Gasol, did I say that? And one plus six is seven, John Elway? Okay, we're good, man. Lamar Odom, bro. <laughs> Go ahead, man. How's, how's uh, hey, those fights, though? Well, first, we're getting to that, man. Your birthday, man. So what's oh, the plans yeah. for it, man? You turning, what, 3-1, 3-2? This is my Magic Johnson here. You're yeah. turning 3-2. Three, 3 plus 2. I'm, I'm going down the road again. 5. <laughs> five. KTL. <laughs> KTLA. This would be KTL. That's KTLA. But uh, yeah, man, so what are you doing for your birthday, man? So yeah, tomorrow, um, me and the little family, we're taking off to San Diego. Going to take mm. Zeke to the zoo. So nice. I, got us, I got us a hotel in downtown San Diego. Right by the zoo. Hell yeah, so you and the, the family are heading out there tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So we're going to stay there till Sunday. That's exciting, man. Nice little vacation. You guys are bouncing Thursday. Hang out there. So you guys have the plans for the San Diego Zoo. I'm sure hitting the beach. Anything else? Like that's in concrete plants or just like going out to eat and stuff like oh, that? Oh, I'm going to go to the Stone Brewery. My homie told me that it's like, really kid friendly like it's like a nice little garden and it's like open nice so i'm gonna go there well there's so many breweries out there right but usually we would go to the ballast point one in in italy a A little little italy is that how you call it there's a little little italy with the italian food the bomb spot where bg took us where i saw clay guido oh you saw clay guido i'm lucky he didn't push me in the face because he was walking by clay guido and i grabbed him He's like, oh, what's up? So he's all nice and relaxing. Imagine would have been like, what? That would have been like the, the carpenter. The carpenter. I'm like, he didn't lay that wood on me. <laughs> uh, speaking of fighters, man, uh, and people running into our boy, he ran to TJ Dillashaw yesterday. Oh, really? He walked, he was in the OC. He walked OC, up to get yeah. like a smoothie. Mm-hmm. And TJ Dillashaw was like, "Oh man, you like our smoothies?" I guess he's like part owner. Oh, nice. Yeah. And what do you say? Like, and and uh, our boy just said that he was really nice. He's like, he's real cool and he's just chill. He's like a little guy. And I'm like, yeah, man. Imagine me. He didn't know he knew how to fight. He, yeah, TJ's he molly whop you. He's coming back, right? Well, but guess what? I found out later on that day. He posted. He got a big cut, so he's out of the fight. Are you kidding me? Sad, huh? He has this big gash from uh, from training or something, and he uh, he's out of the fight. He was supposed to fight that one guy, right? Um, that one guy was being everybody, something Hagen, yeah, with all the tattoos, yeah. So that sucks, right? That yeah, boy, that's awful. Our boy cursed. But Bakara Uzman, man, that dude, oh my god, he almost 
He's Hispanic. You say Carlo Usman. That'd be cool. He was Hispanic. Carlo Usman. Did I say Carlo oh, Usman? <laughs> no. What is his first name though? Amari. Oh, not Amari. I was saying Amari. <laughs> Mixing up our names, man. Jesus, bro. Kamaru. Kamaru. You said Carl. I was like, Carl Parisian? Now you bring Hey, that was the homie. I loved him. He was good. Yeah, man. We're, we're showing our, our, our history on this. Our history in yeah. the UFC. What you but, know about hey, So what were your thoughts about them? Speaking of the fights, man, they were pretty electric. What are your thoughts on it? Dude, I I was surprised. I Going into this type of pay-per-view, you know, or going into the main event, sorry, I, I expected just a five-round five-round grind out, five rounds to zero. I won because I had top position. I didn't expect Uzman to come out there guns blazing and, and beating Masvidal in his own game and something that no one's ever done to him. So that was a sh- an exclamation point. I was like, he's here to, to do some goat shit. Yeah, man. The um, To paint the picture a little bit, so... As you know, Saturday night, I was planning on seeing the fights, but then something came up, right? So then I was like, hey, man, I'm going to stay off the group chats. I'm going to stay off the online. So I don't know because I'm so stoked about this card that Mm -hmm. if I get home that night or in the morning, I'm going to order it, right? So yeah, 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 man, stay off the group chats, right? So I went to this party. It was kind of cool, very low-key. I shouldn't like, yeah, it was a celebration of my birthday, but it was very low-key. I haven't seen some people that I haven't seen like... So I'm in decades, right? So it was cool. So then, luckily, I didn't get wind of who won or anything like that. I didn't check anything online, nothing. Came home, uh, but I was tired because I got home like at 4 a.m. And the next day, I woke up like at 11. I ordered it immediately, right? Nice. Man. That was the best pay-per-view in a long time. Dude. And this is with two fights that went short because two dudes jacked up oh, the legs. Oh, my God. First off, that one guy got hit in the knee. Guy hit in the knee, right? <laughs> and it messed up some nerve. And he was like trying to fight. He's just legging yeah, wobbling. Yeah, he kept twitching. We're like, yeah. oh, that's rough. And then the next fight, Weidman does the kick. Same way. Wobbly, bro. He lands on it. It was just like, I understand. Silva did it on him. Yeah. That was insane. And it's still in the best cards because the two of them just became like that. And I was like, oh, man. Fights were short. Yeah. Then Rose. I couldn't believe that. That was the biggest surprise for me like i wrote her off immediately i'm like rose you have no chance you know and obviously this is she not surprised a, me bro she was know, this is not an mma podcast right so we'll wrap this pretty up quick but you know what a kamaru was in man yeah but you know what was even more another thing that was it, kept, it was like a gift that kept on giving because he did an electrifying performance valentino rose and him right but did you see the interview masvidal did after oh about his son no, he did. Masvidal did an interview uh, with Ariel Hawani the next day. What did he say? So to me, it's like a gift that keeps on giving him because talking about being humble and respectful and everything, man. That's a guy that knows how to trim, fight when he fights, but when he, he gives props, he said that, oh, man, that's one of my favorite knockouts because it shows how much I love it because I wasn't expecting it. He timed everything perfect and he went out and committed to it instead of thinking oh man if I miss he's gonna he's gonna hit me back or do this or yeah. like, risk it is like he went for it and he just talked about all the props he gave Kamaru man he's just That's so down to earth man yeah Mazadal's a shit man yeah he he yeah props to him man cause I remember immediately after what he said to his kid he was like just oh daddy's fine it's a mosquito bite right. I'll be home I'm good yeah he immediately gave props to Kamaru yeah, and all that and it's like 
Yeah, man, I love stuff like that, man. Those are those are few and far between to be. First of all, to be because Max Kellerman says stuff like this, and I agree the way he states it. That first of all, to be a top tier athlete, right? So let's just you know, Kamaro's in another dimension, but like Mosvell, to be a top tier athlete. Then on top of that, to still have the 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 brain mentality and to have the rationale to be good in defeat and still do that. That and then on top of that, you're good at that too. Yeah. Just layers upon layers, man. Conor McGregor is really good at that too. What do you call For it? Sure. Sh- chivalry? Uh well chivalry, yeah. Chivalry's kinda of more like yeah, you but but a lot of times it's associated with like being kind to the opposite sex. Oh okay. You know, but it's more gauged towards that. Yeah, I, you know, more than likely. But no, it's just like it's just a good sportsmanship. Good sportsmanship, man. Yeah, true. But anyway, that was cool, man. But you watch? Where did you watch the fights at? Oh, I saw it at Alfred's house in Paris. Nice, man. That so a bunch cool, of man. boys were there. So yeah, I saw a few of my homies. So it was a good time. That was funny because we were talking about like, oh, do you believe in simulations and this and that? And then um, we're talking about the Anderson Silva Chris Weidman fight on how like Anderson Silva breaks his leg, and Chris Weidman immediately does the same thing, and we're like, I told you. How's Everything's that? just repeating itself. How's it associated with simulation? Because <laughs> the same thing's just happening. But we're just talking smack. Oh, okay, That's yeah, how yeah. we're just like associating it. But just I was going to tell you. having a good time. How do you, feel, how do you feel about people that like call someone out, but then all of a sudden when that person engages back, they back off? I don't know. Give me an example. Are you talking about the fight game still? Yeah, I'm talking about the fight game. What would happen? What's the scenario? Like this something. So happens? let's say so I just got a bone to pick when it comes okay, to Okay, let's do this. When it comes to um Got a bone to pick. Stop stop asking for the ball with zero passion to score. Like don't okay. write a don't write a check your ass won't cash. Give me one more. Give me one more. I'll give you one more, man. Triple double no assist. Um the one I like is when we say uh if you dish it out, you, you better, better be take able it. to take it. So wait, what happened? So someone... So give me so, an example. No, what happened? Usman. Okay. So Usman said on an interview, he was like, man, no one in my division like, kind of deserves a shot. No one stands out at the moment. No one stands out at the moment. You know, I might, I might mess around and fight a YouTube star. Mm. I would consider that like a sub-diss. I would consider that a call-out. Yeah. So Jake Paul acted upon it. He tweeted him and was like, hey, challenge accepted. Hit up your balls at Dana White and see mm-hmm. if you're um, able to do this fight. I guarantee you this will be your biggest payday. Mm-hmm. And then Usman tweets him back and says, nah, man, stay in your lane. I'm in the fight game or something like that. Okay. I have no problem with that whatsoever. So, like, how's that? How are you going to call someone out? But then all of a sudden, back out. But he no, he I got didn't beef he didn't, with that. The way bro. I'm reading it, he didn't call him out. He's just doing like a tongue in cheek thing at the moment, like messing around. Like I'm gonna just go fight a YouTube star because everyone's talking about him. Yeah. But not for one second did I think that I take that seriously. You take that seriously? That he said a serious thing? No. No, Come you're on, right. He didn't take guy. it seriously. But would you consider that a sub disc? Like hold up, you're talking about me though. Obviously, yeah. a YouTube guy who boxes, I might get in the ring and fight a YouTube star. Yeah. Like, you're obviously talking about Jake Paul. Yeah, but I don't think it's a sub diss. In a way, it's more like everyone's talking about him. So I'm okay. just messing around and get with it. If you would say that he, if he was a diss, he'd be like, 
you know what? I've been messing around. I'm getting it with the YouTube star. And then peep the floor this. Peep this. Then Daniel Cormier like has an answer to you and says, mm-hmm. "Oh, like I'm a fighter. I'm a legend in the game. You know, if anything." I'm not going to stoop lower to my competition. I'm going to fight above my competition. Okay. I will not fight Jake Paul. Right. And then when he sees him in public, yeah. he's like entertaining it. Right. And I'm like, come on, bro. Dude, well, dude, that's like, I see it as like, man, well, these are all athletes, right? All of them, including Jake Paul, right? Because Jake Paul could fight, right? These are all athletes, man. They're all going to talk games. So I think it's always that little fire. You know, it's like that okay. competitive fire. So why I see it is like when he sees him, he's like, man, I'm engaged in that. Even though he said he's like, nah, I don't want to be like, but he still has that dog in him. He still has the dog in him. So I think he, you know, like. So, okay. So but, props on Jake Paul to like get that dog out of a person, I have, right? I have no problem whatsoever with the Paul brothers, man. Like, I mean, obviously we don't know them personally, but I don't, really, I I don't, don't even really understand the big dislike or hate for them because I've never heard a good argument for it, right? Yeah. Why people will dislike them. It's like, dude. Like, I like what Dana White said in the press conference, in the post-conference. Like, he's like, man, like, you know, good job for that kid. You know, he's making money. You know, he's obviously, we're talking about him. You guys are asking yeah, about him. Beast. He's yeah. up, but I don't do that, man. That's a, that's a freak show over there. And he's right. That is a freak show. I mean, he fought what? A basketball player who doesn't know how to fight, right? He fought this guy, right? Ben Askren was in the UFC, though. Come on now. How are you going to call that a striker? Freak? Okay. I mean, come on, dude. When's, okay, yeah, when have you ever seen him strike? No, you're right. Right, hey, but nonetheless, but he's, he's still a fighter. He's getting better. He's still a he's fighter. Ben Askren's still a fighter. Yeah. So he knocked him out. So all props to him. They both agreed to that fight. Ben Askren always talks mad trash too. So I care less. You know, the thing is, like, uh, without them, like, like uh, Dana White says, like, that's a freak show. I do fights here. I'm doing top athletes here. Why am I going to entertain that? Yeah. Then what time did they entertain it? Though that was. McGregor and um, Mayweather. I mean, talk about elite in their game, you know? Dude, Usman and Jake Paul, but hey, no, from Paul. the group chat, like, it'd be bad business for the UFC if Jake Paul did did a one-two on him. I mean, like, I think, I think they are lying about the numbers, man. Triller's been caught, like, lying about numbers and stuff like that. The fact they're saying they got all that money in pay-per-views, get out of here. Jake Paul? Do you know anyone who bought that pay-per-view? Jake Paul's? Yeah, I was that Triller. Yeah, you paid for it? Yeah. The fight? Yeah, you, pay, the fight? you pay for internet a month and you sign another way. <laughs> Do you know anyone that physically No, I bought it, bro. I saw I Frank Mir fight. I guess I, know, I saw one person pay for it then. Yeah, They're lying, support, about, their bro. They're lying like about their numbers, dude. They're not making those kind of numbers. They purchase their own pay-per-views. Whatever it is, man. They, they're lying about those numbers. I don't buy it How for do you, a second. Because do I don't know anyone that bought it. Well, not you. You know, like... The youth, bro. You know, like, I, I don't buy it. Um... The best thing about that to me was uh, Snoop Dogg and seeing the La Jolla being all jacked, talking all kinds of mess. I knew it was so coked out. But uh, you know what? Language. Love the La Jolla. But yeah, man. Uh, no, I think for them, man, hey, do your own thing. You know, you're going to engage with animals like that, man. Meaning animals like in incredible fighters and just supreme athletes that they, mm. they run the jungle. Specimens. You know, so I don't mean it in a negative term uh, as a derogatory term, you know, like. Then you know they're not gonna really engage that either. Especially someone Kamaru who's so smart too. He's like, man, stay in your lane. What does he have to gain from it? Yeah. He's not gonna get paid. And with Jake Paul, biggest payday. No, and he gets paid plenty in the UFC, man. Because those top tier guys get cuts on pay per views and all that. But all props to them, man. Those Paul brothers, man. They're making shit happen. There's, they know how to do stuff, man. Good for Dude, them. so so making so making a U turn right here, making yeah. a huge segment change. Yeah, get us out of this fight conversation. I'm gonna tell you. 
what's your what's your opinion when it comes to being in a friendship with someone you're in a relationship with so when you're saying relationship I, I'm assuming you're meaning like um, someone you're being intimate with like sexually yeah mm-hmm. okay some so, that that was your girlfriend some that was your boyfriend or okay some that you're married with something like that Okay, so sorry, so I could break it down, so I can um, 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 unpack this. So you're saying, right now, someone like you're being, you've established a friendship with someone that you used to have a physical relationship with. No, I'm I'm asking you, what what is your opinion when it comes to someone becoming friends with someone they used to date? Well, that's what I'm saying. So I, I think it just all depends on the situation and who it is and what it is. Like, like you know, to overstate the obvious, like always, oh, everyone's different. Dynamics are different. I, I think it all depends. I need mean, more specifics. I think there's so uh, if someone that you had a history with, like yes. let's say someone you dated for at least like five years, right? And you guys break up, right? And you get into another relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's okay, or is the other person that you're dating? Are they okay with you seeing that ex person? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you find that okay? Yeah, That's why I'm asking you that. See, it's it's tough because you're being very general, right? So I think that it all depends on the individual, right, and what that circumstance was and what that relationship was. I think it's unlikely because I think first off, anyone you had a relationship with, the chances that it ended well are not very likely, right? So there's that one hurdle. Then the other thing is then to be able to reconnect with them again, it's another hurdle. And to decide, oh, let's have a friendship, that's another hurdle, right? And then the person you're with, whoever you're with at the time, for them to accept you having that relationship with that person is something else too. Yeah. So I think it's very unlikely uh, for for obvious reasons, but I think it is possible. Um, whether it's healthy or not, I think it all depends on the intentions from everyone. So that's where it gets tricky, man, because... Yeah, the intentions of everyone. Yeah, and then also, okay, so you had a let's just paint a picture. You had a relationship with someone. Uh, you guys together for a long time. It ended, it didn't well. Now you're in a new relationship with someone. It's going good, it's going strong, and out of nowhere, the other person starts reaching out. Yeah. But is it like how? Is it just, hey, what's up? Or is it like there was a friendship all along and then you start No, hey, hold up. No, I'm happy you brought that up. Okay. That little moment, like, hey, you're you're in a relationship okay. and then now all of a sudden, like they start reaching out your ex or whatever. Oh, that's just weird. That's, that's facts. Different. That's facts because that happens, bro. Oh, for sure. All the time. Yeah. And like nowadays it's like it's a competition thing, I feel. Okay. Like being like and we're talking about just that scenario alone. And that's you're scenario. with someone, they broke up, people moved on, they spent some time that has passed, like what, like a year or how long? Yeah, and then they see someone, they so see them happy with somebody. Oh yeah, and then they reach out. That's yes. different. I thought you meant like there was a friendship. Well, that's just one little, one little aspect because okay. you did say that example. But go ahead, I'm sorry. You did say that example. So that's a competition, I feel, bro. So like when it comes to like the male aspect from what I'm seeing, it's like that girl is just trying to prove something to herself like she's not trying to like get back yes. with you yes okay. yes she's not trying to get back with you she just wants to feel better about herself and be like you know what yeah you got my man but oh yeah i took him from you for a moment 
Like that's what I feel like. It's that type of that type of environment, and okay. it's very toxic. Then, I, then I think you already answered your question. No, well, I want to know your your I feel the same way. If, because if you're interpreting it that way, and you're the person that's in the situation, then you answered your own question. Mm-hmm. The way you're painting it to me, then that would be my same reaction too. Like I was with someone for a long time. We stopped talking. There's no communication. Year or two for years. I'm dating someone new and I'm good. And for some reason, out of the blue, this person comes out because they know I'm in a relationship. Then, of course, I would whiff that out. Dude, and that's that's more common than not, I bet. In relationships, especially when you're in a long-term relationship, like yeah. five to ten years, whatever. However long people have been in relationships. Right. And they break up and they move on to something good. I feel like there's that little space where it's like either you cut the umbilical cord or you cut the thread or you take that band-aid off right. for that relationship to really end. Yeah. Or you just you leave a glimmer of hope or you leave a little bit of thread out or if they tug on it enough, right. oh, you'll reach back out. Yeah. So no, I agree with you, man. If it's that scenario exactly so that's why I said it's all based on the scenario of individuals. If it's someone you're with, you broke up, you're with someone new, and the other person finds out about it and then reach out, then they already know the intention is bad. Mm-hmm. So why engage? Well, okay, well you think okay, depending on an individual, let's say you for instance. Yes. So will it hinder someone from being fully obligated into the new person they they're with? Since they're carrying like some type of baggage from their previous relationship yeah so if you if you're carrying baggage or lighting a candle for anyone still and then you're you're with someone new and you're still conversing with the other person and you're not being truthful about it then yeah i think it'll hinder it'll hinder you being fully committed to the new person you're with absolutely absolutely yeah definitely man yeah it's just like something that i do see like more and more like now that like I'm in a real cemented relationship yeah. with a person I want to spend the rest of my life with, yeah. Like for and me, like if so, like an ex reached out to you, like out of the blue, let's just say they don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, let's flip the picture. Let's let, let's 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 flip the picture. Let's flip the script. Someone reaches out to your girl, mm-hmm. right? You don't know anything, like whether they know that she's with somebody new and that she has a child. Say they don't know anything. Like say they're not in the in any social medias or they, you know, they don't have in contact mm. with her or her family anything mm. but he still has her number and out of the blue he's like hey let me just say what's up like you know mm. and she's like hey my ex just hit me up mm. how would you feel about it what were your thoughts immediately about I'd it I'd be like why I'd, I'd immediately emotion would get in the way and I'd be like why even though she can't control that it's just my anger speaking yeah but like all in all at the end of the day if it's like they just hit her up randomly out of the blue where there's there's no smoke, so right. I don't think there's no fire. If there's like right. no hints of her showing like oh text right. messages in the middle of the night, nothing like that, then yeah. then I'd immediately believe her. So I'm saying, see, so that's why it depends on the scenario. So mm-hmm. now if you change it up, and now some ex that's well aware that she's with someone and has a child, and now hits her up, oh yeah, like yeah, hey, what's up? Now it's a different thing, right? Like because that's what I'm saying. It all depends yeah. on what the intention is, you know. So it all depends on that. Yeah, so if they do got them on there and they know what they right, got, and they know and they it's like, oh, okay. how to, right? That's true. That's a good point. Why? Like, why are they hitting you up then? If they, because me, I wouldn't hit up an ex of mine if I knew they were with someone and they have a child and they have a family. Why? Yeah. What am I trying to gain out of it? 
Yeah. You know, that, that would be ridiculous. But if I'm still having contact with someone, because we've always had contact and and I'm not with anyone or anything, then, you know. One of the things about me, man, like I've, I've had various relationships and they tend to always end amicably. What you do you know? mean by that? Amicably, like, never had any like, harsh breakups. Right. Oh, not a harsh? Like you live on a like good really, note? Yeah. Like it's always been like kind of like Vincent Chase and Entourage. Like, I've never broke up with anyone. It just ends. Right? Oh so it's kind God. of been like that. So I've always... So you leave so cliffhangers? I have, so I always said, no, we always just have... Like it's cool. Like it's, all right, it didn't work. You know, and I saw people I've been serious with, sometimes not. And then we just, there's no hard feelings. Once because they start messing around with somebody else and I don't take it back. I'm like, oh, cool. And I don't know, react. I'm like, whatever. Or vice versa. I mean, I've had one real bad break, like not break. It was just, oh, that one didn't end well. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> but then I'm not going to reach out to that person and they shouldn't reach out to me either because I know. But the other person that we still talk to, we're not like, oh, let's mess around. We're just, hey, what's up? How are you doing? And I don't throw anything their way and they don't throw anything my way. But it's just like, oh, just being amicable. So, mm, gotcha. But yeah, man, I'm with you there, man. Because um, like me, I cut all ties with, like, yeah, I, would, you I do, wouldn't. Right? Like, you're just like, yeah. Because I personally, being a man, I will not want my girl. To have a relationship with someone that had any kind of intimacy with. Right. I would not feel any ounce. I would not feel one ounce of comfort. Even right. though I trust my girl 100%. Right. I would not want that type of atmosphere. And it's not like I reach That's out right. to these individuals. It's like, you know, like sometimes you run into them and it's like, hi, you're by. Yeah. Like, cool. Yeah. That's it's not different. like, oh, we hit each other up. Yeah. That's different. Like that. Yeah. Because why? If it ends, it ends. Like, there's no need to, like, contain that. But it also doesn't need to be, like, this hateful thing either. No, never. No, that's just um, a chapter you need to end. That's it. Yeah, man. You just you just move forward, man. We're all like, you know, man, we got, we got one love, right? One, one love. love. One <laughs> love. The, uh, you are talking about something about um, the, the Kanye West... Veil or veil? What are you saying? Oh yeah, he was wearing a black veil. He's been wearing a black veil. Really? I'm not. I've been out of the loop. Just so he was it. wearing a he was wearing a black veil for a photo shoot. I forgot the dude's name, but he was wearing a photo shoot for that and for the DMX ceremony. Oh okay. So like, big Kanye West fans, bigger than me, did like their research and they found out that. That guy that wrote the Scarlet Letter, his name is Nathaniel Hawthorne. Okay. He wrote a book called... This is what they're assuming. Okay. Like, Kanye hasn't come out and said, okay. oh, yeah, that's why I do that. So, like, Nathaniel Hawthorne made a book called The Minister's Black Bell. Okay. And it's about a sermon that all of a sudden just started wearing a black a black veil to say, uh, say his mass, right? Okay. So he automatically showed up like that, and people were like, "What the heck?" So they got startled by it. They got jolted by it. Okay. And then as soon as that ended, like the following day, he went to a funeral, and he was wearing the same thing—a black veil. So they're like, "Okay, okay. yeah, that's appropriate." Okay. It fits the scene. It fits the description. Right. And the following day, he went to a wedding, and he was wearing a black veil. Okay. So now people were like questioning it, like, "Wait, hold on, you're not busy guy. You're not supposed to wear this." To a wedding, this is something that's supposed to be like well, happy. Well, you see that more white. Yeah, that's a, that's I mean, sure, good point. Right. And then, like, he went home, and his wife was like, "Man, how come you're wearing that veil?" Yeah. And he's like, "I need to wear it." 
And she's like, can you show me your face? And he's like, no. So she left him. She divorced him. Okay. So all in all, like, he got popular because of the veil. Okay. But, like, pretty much at the end of the book, what they're describing on his deathbed, mm-hmm. what he says is, like, the black veil just pretty much represents, like, secret sin. So it's, like, something that you hold away from your friends, away from your family, away from someone that you believe in. Okay. So that's what he was describing. But they're talking about who knows if there's a connection with Kanye wearing a black veil to that book. Okay. Because Kanye does do Sunday service. In the Yeezus tour, he did wear those Balenciaga masks that covered his face. But he's also getting divorced too, right? And he's also getting divorced. And there's a DMX funeral. And there's a DMX funeral. So are we waiting for his wedding now? I don't know, man. Yeah, maybe. So there. this is what he does, bro, that us fans are like, dude, this is, what is he doing? Like he drops these little nuggets, like like those Marvel movies, like this is the next teaser. Like those little nuggets, bro. But also in a way though, isn't he like kind of stealing DMX's shine? So people could talk about Kanye? I wouldn't call it that. He raised... So what Kanye West did mm-hmm. is that he teamed up with Balenciaga mm-hmm. and he created a t-shirt for DMX's funeral. Yeah, I saw and that, they, yeah. raised, they raised funds for it. Right, right. So that's pretty much it. And he's okay. just doing his own thing where he's just wearing a black veil. But he wore it for the ceremony. He wore it for the ceremony and wore it for a photo shoot. So okay, that's his thing right now. There was uh, Julian Casablanca from The Strokes, from his own stuff. He recorded, he saw a little bit of the, the DMX thing and he said, uh, you know, we lost one of the greats. And he said, by far, it was the greatest, like, funeral thing he's ever seen. That's amazing. Because weren't they all, like, riding, like... Yeah, uh, and he was on the keyboard. That's awesome, man. Oh, that. Yeah. Outside like, of New York. Yeah, 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 dude. That was amazing, too. Yeah, man. that's dope. That's rad, man. But yeah, the uh, yeah man I don't know I've been out of the loop with DMX man but speaking of writers I uh, I finished uh, the new uh, Ken Burns uh, Novak uh, documentary on uh, Ernest Hemingway oh was man it was good man three parts two hours each part damn man it's intense and it goes from one like from you know the flower blooming to like the withering away and man it's wild man Wild stuff, dude. I strongly recommend it. It's on PBS. You know, in the same way, he wrote, uh, you know, Call to Arms, uh, The Old Man in the Sea. You know, he's, he's one of the great American novelists. Uh, and he used to live in Cuba and all that man. It was, it was pretty I need wild, to man. check him out then. I need to myself stories, on man. Uh, great short stories. So I recommend that, man. The, uh, but, man, I'm excited for you, man, that you guys are going to go out, take some time off. You're going to be off work for a while. You're going to go relax. What else do you guys have planned aside from that weekend? Are you taking that time off? What are some things you want to do? Man, just relax, man. Give my girl... Enjoy her birthdays because it's my girl's birthday too. What's her birthday? May 7th. Yeah, May 7th and it's May 1st for you. Yeah, man. So what's cool about the hotel that we got, they have like a, like a pool and a fitness room as well. Nice. So hitting that up too, so... I'm excited to just max and relax, sim by the pool, you know? Hell yeah, man. Yeah, and it's our other boy's birthday on the 3rd. I'm going golfing with them this, this Saturday. Where at? 
I forget what the golf course is. I don't golf. As you know, my stance on it. That's cool, man. We're going to go to have a good time. Just chill and then barbecue later, man. It's going to be a good time. Barbecue some vegan burgers? No, I think we're going to do carne asada and then the people that are vegan, they're going to just watch. Shout out to them. They're going to just... They're just going to watch you guys? Watch. Participate? <laughs> that's all they're going to do, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's exciting. I can't wait, man. It's just going to be a... Because work's been hectic, man. A lot of busy, man. I need some, some R&R, man. You got to learn how to unplug and get that balance in there, you know? Yeah, man. You got to enjoy, man. Enjoy life. Especially on those down moments, right? Like, oh, I need to unwind. And unwind, man. Give yourself that space. Oh, that's a break. You got to, you know, meditate, relax. Do things like that, man. But speaking of good things, man, I got the... Just came in the mail today. The Yo Mercy album from Bob Dylan. Oh, one that Daniel Lenoir made. No, it's not. Well, he's one of my favorites, Bob Dylan's, but it came in by Mobile Fidelity Sound Record Sounds, man. They uh, they do some of the best remastering, so I'm excited. So let me let me ask you then, what's your favorite song of all time and why? Like right now, we talked like, about this last time. We recorded this uh, "Love Me" by Elvis Presley, just because it triggered all that change in my life and felt like made everything possible when I was a kid. So that's your favorite song of all ever, time. ever. All time. So love, love me because it triggered because that's when I felt like everything was possible man it opened the doors to everything as a kid like that's when it was like e, but like now like to like this my, day like growing up like you haven't heard anything that you feel is better like damn well I'm sure things are there. yeah for <laughs> sure I mean it's not one of the best songs even remotely but it's my favorite because of what it did to me and how it makes me feel and it just transports me and there's other stuff that does it as well but that's always going to be the first man you know, that, that opened me. everything. That opened everything. That that's my possible. Mother. That's my mother. You know, like anything is yeah. possible. I gave you that. Everything, man. Like it's just, it's just. And it, every time to hear it, it just jolts me, and it just does that. It, it broke me out of the little studio that we were raised in as a kid, and I thought everything's possible, man. And this is, you know, like that was just that. That's did it crazy. All. That did it all. But yeah, in terms of like other favorite songs, I have so many favorites. I try not to label things, but I guess we do that to categorize things, like. I seem to always have I to have a, a top man. five, right? Shout yeah. out to High Fidelity, but I always seem to have to get top five on everything, right? So, so all my favorite songs, you know, Thunder Road by Springsteen. Um, you're, a, you're a Big Girl Now, Bob Dylan. Uh, just too many, man. Just too many to mention, you know. Um, how about you, man? What's for, to answer you, the, to ask you the same question? Dude, because Can't Tell Me Nothing by Kanye, like him saying, like, the money shit, it changed them. Right. I guess I should have forgot where I came from. Right. Wait till I get my money right. So when you hear then that, he can't it tell me nothing right. Ha ha. Laughing. It just makes me feel like I'm not, I'm never going to sell out. I'm never going to change for nobody. I'm going to be me. I'm going to stay Mitchell and Ness. I'm going to stay authentic. Right. And like, that's what I get from that song. Like, oh man like you've made so much money but you're still the same like we want you to follow our standards and it's just like someone with this type of platform that talks about real issues that that does things that are so creative that inspires the masses to do brilliant things man just makes me feel that way and fuck bro that's what I get from it man because it's so authentic like it reminds me of like what Tupac would do like the way he would talk like in that type of platform you know anyone right, the that people that, that have a that, that have a chip in their shoulder 
and have a lot to lose, but they don't care. You know, yeah. they still go out and they're just genuine to themselves, uh, flaws and all. Like what you said about Bob Dylan, like he didn't even like do folk music or he did an acoustic music man, Bob, or electric guitar. Bob Dylan went electric, man. That's one of the There you go, I, Jim Kay. He, he was, was uh, he was the, uh, you know, he's a folk master. Right? Like he was, at a very young age, he was like crowned as the voice of his generation. And to have that weight on you during the early 60s and all that other stuff. And he was just always like, he always just had this perspective, it seems like. Well, the way his approach was, was like, no, I don't want to be the voice of a generation. I'm just me. I just want to make music. You know, I want to do that. And he flipped it one on, on, the, on their head when they were having the folk festival. And he shut up. And he cranked out an electric guitar and he just got booed. Because all the folk masks were like, no, man, that's sacrilegious. But yeah. dude, he didn't care, man. Dude, that's he was dope. He his, that. He's on his journey, man. So that's why anytime you doubt like making changes or you're afraid to do something, obviously you have enough people to pull from. But that's one of the things that I always pull from. Like even before I heard Jim Carrey say it, I always thought that like oh my Jim, like I was I always thought Bob Dylan went electric, man. And just you flip it on its head, man. You make things happen. Like like look at Radiohead, man. Yeah, they man. did OK Computer, right? Yeah. And that became like they were the oh they're the band they're the band like they were, became instantaneous like they're the band everyone's ready the band right. Yeah. It's a masterpiece, right? One of my favorite albums of all time. And they could have done OK Computer 2, right? Following. Mm-hmm. And it would have been like, oh, cool. They made another grip. Like, but why? But why? Yeah. And it's just always like, nah, what they do? They flipped the 360 and they went Kid A. They went yeah. And that's a masterpiece, too. And that's what you got to do. What? What that's is it? Like, uh, my, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, man? Yeah. Right? And then... Jesus. Jesus, right? So... But speaking of of that and music and all the changes, man, it's like you got to just be you and make things happen, man. And like when they asked Bob Dylan too about, so what do you think about this and all that and being the voice and all that, he's always just like, I guess that's nice. I don't know. Like he doesn't he doesn't put weight on. It. He knows how to keep that balance. One of the things that he said, he expects it that I that I that I like is like when I wake up. He's uh, I don't think like I need to be happy, I need to be sad, and this like he's like no, I just wake up and I'm just whatever I'm feeling. It, but he expects it as well, right? So he like expects I expects what because the correlation I'm getting from it is like mm-hmm. when Mike Tyson knocks someone out, you never see Mike Tyson like celebrating, hella crazy, and I remember him saying like oh because it's expected for me to do this, I expect to do this. So like when I hear someone interview Bob Dylan and they say oh. How's this feel about? And then he just answers in nonchalant because it's like an everyday thing to him. Like he doesn't know. because the way I see it with him, it's like he he doesn't he doesn't seek that. He hardly gives any interviews so his whole life. He hardly yeah. gives anything like that. He's always just ha- he just has that. It's just his brain is wired that way. That he's just fixed. Yeah. Like he just follows his own way. He does his thing. He wants to be true to his art. Going back to like money, like we said, like. People say, oh, money changes. You're like, money doesn't change who you are. Money reveals who you are. I like man. that, dude. You know, it reveals who you are. It's, it really does. Like, it's not like it's going to change you. That means that was always inside you. Right? Exactly. If it, you turn into like a jerk and not and write people off, that was always inside you. But now you have the money to expose that. Yeah. You know, like, you always can be who you are. You make money. You got to keep your balance and you help people out. You help yourself out. And that's what you do. Definitely. Hopefully, we'll come across that. Hopefully we'll have that bridge to cross. 
the money bridge. Yeah, we I think we money. will. You know, we with, do- with doggy coins, it's up there now, <laughs> man. So handle it's it, coming man. up. <laughs> Shout out to Eon. Well, cool, man. Um, I hope you have a great birthday, man. Unless there's something else you want to get off your chest. Nah, man. That's it. Say. Just want to say thank you guys so much. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. And thank you guys for always listening. Appreciate you. I love, I love the shirt you wear, man. It's a new one. It's all black. I did pick one up from you. It's got the undeniable sign. It's white. I like that one. That's clean. Yeah, man. Check it out, bro. Visit the site. Undeniable.com, right? Undeniable.com, yeah. Thank you guys so much. And thank Hope you, bro. Happy birthday. Happy early birthday. Thank you so much. Take it easy, everybody.